When I was a kid, I hated P.E. class. I hated it with a passion because usually it involved a game of dodgeball, sometimes called tag ball, sometimes called hit ball, sometimes called whack ball, sometimes called things you can't say in church ball. <laughs> it was played with this great big red ball. And the objective was for the captain of each team to throw that ball at the members of the other team and if you hit them, they'd be tagged out and they'd have to go sit. And the team with the fewest number of players left at the end of the round loses. And sometimes you'd have elimination rounds so that you'd go until there was nobody left but two captains and then see if the captains could hit each other. And it would be over. It was a vicious game. The ball hurt when it hit your body. I mean, it would leave a red spot. The ball was red, and it would leave a red spot. And some of those on the opposing team captains, some of those opposing team captains were really mean and vicious about how hard they could throw that ball. And the worst part of it, the very worst part of it, however, started before the game started. The worst part was where you would have everybody line up and the PE teacher would to choose two captains and then they would go, I choose you. And then the other one would go, and I choose you. And they'd go back and forth. I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. And they would choose and they would choose and they would choose until it would get down to the last two. The fat boy, Greg Neal, <laughs> and the nearsighted boy without glasses, who I will not name because he watches on Sundays, all right? But you know who you are, Matt, anyway. <laughs> and of course, I would be chosen last by default. Because, you know, fat kids, they, we can't dodge the ball fast enough. And we're really big targets, too. And we would, of course, be amongst the first who would be struck out. And then we could go to the sidelines and sit and watch the game and not have to worry about it. That's actually, there was a benefit in being struck out first. Uh, getting chosen last isn't much fun, is it? And especially when it's a bunch of sadistic brats doing the choosing. The good news for us today, and yes, we have some really good news from the gospel today, is that, as this story makes it clear, it's not the sadistic brats who do the choosing for eternity. It's not the goats who do the choosing for eternity. And no, it's not the sheep who do the choosing for eternity. The first point today, the most important point, I think, in my personal opinion, is that it's not us that chooses, it's the king. It's not us who chooses who gets to be on the right hand and on the left hand, who gets to go to glory everlasting, and who gets to go to the furnace everlasting. It's not us who gets to do the choosing, it's the king. 
Jesus, of course, who gets to choose, who chooses you and you and you and you. And Gene, what are you doing over here? You need to be on the other side. <laughs> the good news is that it's the king who gets to choose who gets to sit at the right hand. And unfortunately, who gets to sit at the left hand? Look who's over here. Hmm. It's the king who chooses. It's Jesus who chooses. It's God who chooses. Not some sadistic brat. It's the king. And according to this story, the choice is made not upon looks, not upon power, not upon authority, not upon the ones who don't have glasses and are nearsighted or, or really big and fat like me. No, it's not made upon our characteristics in those regards. It's not based upon right doctrine, the ability to articulate the theology of Jesus Christ. It's not based upon those who have the right doctrine and the right church and the right denomination and the right religion. It's not salvation based upon orthodox theology. It's based upon one criteria. Come, you that are blessed by my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This isn't a last second thought. This has been since the beginning. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you? Or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? When was it? We don't remember that. When was it? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. It's not about your ability to articulate the theology of the church. It's not about your ability to affirm, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. It's not about affirming the Apostles' Creed or the articles of religion or being able to quote the discipline forwards and backwards. All those questions they asked you at the Board of Ordain Ministry Mark, meaningless in this regard. It has to do with what you do. It has to do with how you live. It has to do not with what you know. It has to do with who you know. Who do you know? 
Who do you follow? The one whose example you follow. It has to do not with knowledge, not with station, not with pedigree. It has to do with how you live and the one whom you follow. We are divided up by Christ the King. We are divided up by Christ the King. That's why it's called Christ the King Sunday. We are divided up by Christ the King based upon how we have responded to the calling we have received. To be a Christ-like people. Treating others with the love and grace of God. That's how we're divided. Not by theology, not by denomination, not by even not, not even by how much money you give. But instead, by who we know. Who knows us? And how we live in response. To the calling we have received. So my question for you, sisters and brothers, as we close this church year is, which hand are you on? Are you on the right? Or are you on the left? Are you with the sheep? Bah! Or the goats? Nah! I mean, you know... That's a, very, that's a very powerful question. What about the goats? Then he will say to those who are at his left hand, you that are accursed. Ooh, I already don't like this. You that are accursed, depart from me into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I don't want to go with them. Good. Four. When you hear that, when, when you're reading in the New Testament and you see suddenly that word for, it's going to explain why that previous couple of sentences or verses is the case. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not come welcome me. I was a naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick and, and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, Lord, when, when, when did we see you and didn't do these things for you? If we had known it was you, we would have done it. Truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you didn't do it to me. And these will go away into eternal, eternal punishment. But the righteous into eternal life. So which hand are you on? Are you on the, the sheep, the hand, or are you on the goat hand? Nah. Which side are you on? St. Martin of Tours lived in the 300s AD, from 316 to 397, and he was bishop of Tours in France. While Martin was still a soldier in the Roman army and was deployed in France, 
He was approaching the gates of a city one day when he met a nearly naked beggar. Martin cut his military cloak in half and shared it with this nearly naked beggar. And that night, that night he had a dream in which Jesus was wearing half of a soldier's cloak and talking with an angel and saying, Martin, who is still studying the faith, he's still a catechumen, he's not yet baptized, Martin gave me this to wear, clothed me in this robe. Will we do likewise? Will we see Christ in our neighbor? Will we see Christ in each other? I mean, that's, that's tough. But will we see Christ in each other? One of the challenges of the church today, one of the challenges of the place is not just the United Methodist Church, but all churches, is seeing Christ in the person seated next to you in the pew. Or two pews back on the other side of the room. Or in the other service. Or in the church across town. Or part of the theological party in your denomination with which you disagree. Ooh. And if we can't see Christ in our fellow believers, how are we going to see Christ in the stranger? How are we going to see Christ in the person we've never met before? The person we pass at the airport? The person who cuts us off on the road heading into Dallas. The person ahead of us in line who has 65 coupons and half of them don't work. <laughs> you know, Greg's meddling now. He's really meddling with us now, isn't he? Yeah? It's easy, frankly, to see Christ in your neighbor, the person you like, sometimes not so much in your family members, but the people you like, your friends, the people who sit next to you in the pew at church, the people who go to the other worship service, the people in the church across town, it's kind of easy to see Christ in them. What about these people you don't know? What about these people who cut you off? The challenge is seeing Christ in everyone. And that's what Jesus is saying right here. Sheep, see Christ in everyone. Goats see, goats see Christ in those they want to see Christ in. Friends. If that, sheep see Christ in everyone. And are willing to reach out as the hands and feet of Christ to absolutely everyone and share the love of God with all. The decision process is based upon this willingness to embody Jesus to others. To be the only Christ another will ever see. And to reach out to others as if they were Jesus. In the play Godspell, in the story when this occurs, the sheep said, well, if we had known it would have been you, we would have taken you out for some lamb chops, Jesus. No. No. Are we willing to see Christ in our neighbor? Are we willing to see Jesus 
and every person we meet and treat them as we would treat Jesus. That's our challenge. That's our challenge as the church of Jesus Christ right here to live the life he has given us, to give of ourselves as the hands and feet of Christ and to share the love of God with all. That is what it means to be acting in faith. That is what it means to be living the life of grace, to allow the grace of Jesus Christ to slow, show, so flow through us. That when we act in faith, we are sharing Jesus in act, in word, in deed, with all. So, which hand will you sit at? The right or the left? Are you sheep or are you goats? That's the question. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. listening to a sermon by Dr. Gregory Neal, Senior Pastor of the First United Methodist Church in Commerce, Texas, and Rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2014 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information and for other sermons by Dr. Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at First United Methodist Church, 1709 Highway 24, Commerce, Texas, 75428. This program was produced by Dr. Greg Neal.